All right. We're rolling. All right. <laughs> Such a good smile on your face today. Oh, Big, I'm just happy to see you. smile. You too. <laughs> Virtually, but. I know. Still um, so good. I thought today we could start off with our women in the news segment. We took a, we yes. took a little um, break on the last episode from this one. Um, yeah. But I'll kick it off. Absolutely, go for it. Um, so I just, um, well, I just read the article, but I knew this before because it's about Simon & Schuster, which is the company that I now work for. Um, but recently, Dana Kennedy um, was named the publisher, um, which is pretty cool because she is the first Black person to hold the position and just the third woman. Um, so. Shout out to her, uh, very accomplished, amazing yeah. woman. Um, I'll put this article in the Facebook group if anybody wants to check it out. Perfect. And look at you. You've landed in like the perfect place that's aligned with just everything that's important to you. So such a cool shout yeah, out to your awesome. company and, and to the movement that they're, they're making. Um, mm-hmm. So great. It's important. Yeah, and then um, I'll do mine too. Before I get into it, I just wanted to say... Another thank you to Erica. I feel like our episode last week was so awesome um, or two weeks ago and really well received. So we can't wait to do another one. I know people have asked us about the Mm -hmm. follow-up and we've talked to Erica. We'll do a follow-up maybe like in fall time and whatever her schedule allows. But we just want to say thank you again to her and all of her support and the conversation we had. So definitely quick little shout out there again. If anybody hasn't listened to that one, go back and listen to that one as well. Powerful. Yeah, I, I'm still thinking about it. So mm-hmm. um, just, and that leads me into this woman of the news story, which is, I loved um, an article, it's in Time article, and it's a group of women in Switzerland, they, instead of doing the women's strike this year, um, which they've done since 1991, because of COVID, they're unable to gather like they usually are they organized a they dubbed it like a flash mob um where they stepped outside of their homes and at 3 24 p.m they all screamed um in <laughs> protest of gender inequality which uh-huh. is amazing um and 3 24 p.m is technically when they stopped getting paid in comparison to their male counterparts so that's why that time is significant and i just think like that is so cool and so effective. It was over 2,000 people that participated and just stepped out of their homes and, <laughs> and screamed. Like, I kind of just want to do that right now. That's what I was just going to say. Sometimes you just got to scream. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So very cool. I love and, that. You know, Switzerland is a very progressive country. And as I was reading at the end, it just mm-hmm. talks about how there still is such a prevalence of you know, gender inequality in, in the workplace there, much as there is in the United States. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would call us progressive at this point. It's mm-hmm. a very interesting time, but right. we're working on it. But um, mm-hmm. that issue is still at the forefront. So important to keep protesting and keep keep active and activism for gender equality. Keep on screaming. So that's that. Keep on screaming. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, so today's episode, super exciting. We recorded this one a little while ago. Um, Mm -hmm. We have Caitlin Donovan on the pod. She uh, talks to us about burnout. 
Yeah, it was a great episode. Um, Caitlin is an expert on burnout and I learned so much. I think I had an idea of what burnout was prior to us talking and you hear it all over. It's like this buzzword. Um, and she really illuminated what it actually is, what it feels like in your body. Um, she gets into the meat of the episode, you know, like 10, 15 minutes in with really giving these awesome words of wisdom around mm -hmm. burnout and people pleasing, which is obviously something <laughs> I've been struggling mm -hmm. with. And I think a lot of women struggle with. And um, I remember, mm -hmm. I was remembering when we were listening back, actually, <laughs> when you, I saw you for my birthday and mm -hmm. you came over and we're, we were sitting out back on my oh, yeah. patio. And <laughs> I, I was like, Ray, do you want a glass of water? And I was like, actually, never mind, never mind. You're like, yeah. I'm not following. You're like, get it yourself. <laughs> yeah. So that's not my nature at all. And I don't think mm -hmm. it'll ever be because when people are at my home, I try to be hospitable. But mm -hmm. I, a lot of what she said stuck with me. Yeah. You'll get the example when you listen to her talk about people pleasing and how we're always trying to fill voids for other people. But um, it's been in my head a lot since since we had that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Same. It, it really stuck with me, that and the resentment. Just in general, we kind of discussed how it, uh, burnout affects males and females in different ways. Um, that was kind of my favorite part of the whole thing. But yeah, like you said, there's some great yeah. uh, nuggets of wisdom in there. So, uh, and yeah. some steps if you're feeling burnt out. Um, but yeah, as Caitlin says in the episode, she, um, you can find all of her information at katedonovan.com. Um, and her book is coming out in September. So that's something to look forward to the bounce back ability factor. Um, so we talk yeah. a little bit more about that as well. Super exciting. Yeah. And she's a great resource and she's got a podcast herself actually called Cry the burnout podcast. So you can find some of her episodes there and then also runs a coaching practice in acupuncture business out of Manhattan. So she's very accessible via social media, um, very responsive via email. We've communicated with her that way. So definitely reach out if any of this resonated with you and you're looking for resources on burnout. Yes. That's that on that. That's all I got for you. That's that on that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's all I got for you too. We had a, a long spill the tea session prior to this. So yeah, yeah. that was not for the podcast, not podcast <laughs> content, but yeah. Awesome. But DM us, maybe we'll tell you about it. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. If you sign into our DMs, who knows yeah. what we'll share. So yeah. No, but yeah, enjoy this one, you guys. And um, we're back on our normal cadence with releasing episodes. Mm -hmm. So you can expect to see them um, every other week from us, every other Friday, and mm -hmm. add them to your, your playlist, podcast playlist for the week. And we're really excited to hear what you think about this one. I'm Hillary Gagnon. I'm Rachel Thatcher. We're here to elevate the voices of inspiring women and celebrate their successes. The goal here is to empower listeners and most importantly, lift each other up. So we're getting real, covering everything from the risks and the challenges to the glow ups and the triumphs. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Fempire. Um, obviously like so excited to have you on the podcast, Caitlin slash Kate Donovan, um, who's a burnout expert and acupuncture acupuncturist. Um, we just want to hear about you, what you do, um, 
for like what an average week looks like for you, not during COVID um, <laughs> and kind of, you know, how you got to where you are. So this is an average week is a good way to put it because an average day does not really exist in my world because my mm -hmm. days vary drastically depending on, on what I'm doing. I mean, I have an, on a normal week in the United States, which we've only been back in the US for a year. So this is also not what a normal week would have looked like 12 months ago because we wow. were still living in Prague and that was also different. So mm. there's there's been a lot of shift and change um, in my life in the past year. But on a normal week now, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm in New York City all day long at my acupuncture office seeing patients. And if I have a break in between, sometimes I'll head over to a co-working space or something and do some work out of there, some, you know, content creation, write, you know, write a blog, start a podcast, find, in, find somebody to interview, whatever happens to be. And then Monday and Wednesday, I do coaching calls and podcast interviews. And sometimes I'm doing, you know, a keynote speech somewhere or I'm holding a corporate event. Do, you know, some sort of corporate wellness program is going on, something like that. So it really depends. Like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I could be in our spare bedroom slash my office, you know, talking to three clients, or I could be up in Boston doing a workshop. I was in the seaport doing a workshop in February. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it kind of, it de really depends on what's happening. And now with a book coming out, you know, I, but <laughs> you know it shifts again I'm yeah. not sure exactly what that's going to mean are we going to be doing a book tour the book is going to be right away done in two languages um because i'm bilingual and because awesome. one of i did a crowdfunding campaign to get to to do the self-publishing because self-publishing mm. is like really much more expensive than anyone would ever imagine mm. and i had one really big contributor and she said it was one of my closest friends from poland and she said well so the only prerequisite that I have for you is that you get it translated. So the book will come. So am I going to be going to Poland and doing a book tour? I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like you're pretty adaptable though. Yeah. So you'll yeah. roll with it, right? When you've, yes. lived, when you've lived in like, you know, yeah. three or four countries, you mm -hmm. drop a lot of uh, the need to do things a certain way. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Were you like that before? Like, is that a personality trait you have? No. Or, okay, so you learn. <laughs> <laughs> a gain no, skill. Not. It's a gain skill and one that I definitely had to gain or else I would have been miserable. Mm -hmm. Sure, makes sense. And how did you get to this point of, you know, becoming a, a burnout expert and, and all you're doing in writing your book and, and your coaching, et cetera? Kind of take us on your, your path. Um, to that point in your yeah. life, like who the, is Caitlin Donovan? The quick path kind of, well, this actually, no, this is not the quick path. This is the long path, but the long path starts with um, a full scholarship to Boston University. Awesome. A, on a pre-medicine track. Excellent. And I hated it more than mm. anything. <laughs> I hated it so much. And I did a course my uh, sophomore year on the sociology of medical school. And it was basically like, you will be miserable. You will work really hard. You will have a lot of debt. No one will love you because you will have no time for them. 
you'll be 35 <laughs> and half dead and be responsible for keeping people alive. Go. And I was like, <laughs> sounds fun. Uh, yeah. and my, my minor at the time, my major was biology on the pre-med track, but my minor was Eastern religion. And one of my mm. teachers, I was taking a master's level class in meditation, which they allowed me to take only because it was the first time it was ever offered. So it was kind of like a little more open than it would have normally been. And the teacher was the world's most uh, foremost scholar in Taoism. Wow. And so I went to her office hours one day and I was like, Livia, I am a wreck. I have known since I was three years old that I was going to be a doctor and I am like not up for this. Like, I don't want to kill myself like this, right. which is really interesting because I'm trying to prevent burnout as a 19 mm-hmm. year old kid, my second year in college. Right. I was like, I cannot go down this road because I don't want to kill myself mm-hmm. and be massively in debt to do it. And she said, well, just do Chinese medicine. I said, what the is Chinese medicine? I had no idea. So mm-hmm. then I started learning about it. The system made so much sense to me. It was like, I was a sort of like a neophyte with a new religion. I was like, oh my God, this isn't, why doesn't everybody talk like this all the time? This makes the uh-huh. whole world make sense. It was like, <laughs> it was, it was like an enlightening moment uh-huh. for me to learn about Chinese medicine. So I moved to California to, and it was a master's degree, which if mm. I was not going to be an MD, like I kind of felt like I needed to at mm-hmm. least have that level of clout. Yeah. Right. So I got a master's degree while I was in um, California. I traveled to Argentina, met my husband who was Polish, moved to Poland after I finished my master's degree, started working in a fertility center. Mm. Interesting. I, because I was American uh-huh. and because I was the first acupuncturist to work in a fertility center in the country, I gained popularity quickly. So I mm. was on morning talk shows and in magazines and, you know, kind of really moving up to the top quickly. I opened a private practice. I was slammed. I had a three-month waiting list. I couldn't keep up. So by the time I was 28 years old, I had a master's degree, a full career. I was married. I was in a foreign country speaking a foreign language fluently that I did not know a word of when I got there. Mm -hmm. And from the outside, I was like totally top of my game. Mm -hmm. My body was breaking down. I had a thyroid problem. I was constantly tired. I was angry with everyone. I was feeling really resentful. I didn't care what was happening with my patients. And that sounds awful to say now. And I still feel terrible saying it out loud, but people, I was working a lot with fertility and I just didn't care if people had babies. Like, you're not going to be happy. If you're not happy right now, you're not going to be happy with a baby. It was, I was going through my head constantly mm-hmm. at the time because I kept seeing them go through that process. I'd have people have their first kid and then come back a year later and say, well, I have to have a second one because I still feel incomplete. I'm like, mm-hmm. so I was, I was jaded and I was bitter and I was tired. And so I told my husband that it was Poland's fault and we needed to move. <laughs> uh-huh. And then he got a job offer in Prague. So we took it and I shifted the way I practiced completely. I left practicing, like focusing on fertility and I was, did a general practice and that was easy. There's a ton of expats in Prague. So there's a lot of people that are looking for an English speaking, you know, acupuncturist slash any sort of alternative medicine, just so that they don't have to go somewhere and speak Czech if nothing else, you know? So, sure. So I got fairly busy fairly quickly, but I didn't work the same amount of hours. I kept it to try and protect myself from burning out. And I realized a couple years in that I'd never really recovered from the first time. And I was still sort of burnt out no matter. And I was working 25 hours a week. I was making enough money. We were comfortable. 
everything was fine. Mm-hmm. Fine. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Right. Quote, quote, yeah. Quote. <laughs> fine. Mm-hmm. And I had friends saying to me, oh my God, you have the life that everybody wants because, and it, this sounds ridiculous coming. I mean, I grew up in Fall River. You guys know what that mm-hmm. means. I didn't mm-hmm. grow up with any extra anything. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I started working when I was 12. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, where, where I did not come from a family that just dropped everything and went traveling because they felt like it. That's you know, but I was to the point in Prague where if my girlfriends called and said, "You feel like going to Bali next week?" I was like, "Sure." Mm-hmm. And so I kept hearing from people, "You have the life that everybody wants. You can, you know." I went, I went to Paris for dinner with my best friend one day because I felt like it. We flew uh-huh. in, flew out, like you know, right. sounds, sounds idyllic. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds really fancy. It's not that fancy in Europe because the, you can get f- cheap flights and a lot of people travel all the time. It's, it's a, it's a way different mm-hmm. mentality. So it's not that big of a deal sure. there. But I, I realized that even though I had all of this and I was very lucky and I made huge strides from where I came from, I wasn't happy and I was still tired and I didn't know what was going on. And I came across an article one day and it was about burnout and my whole body exploded in recognition. And I hadn't even really heard that word before. Mm -hmm. And as soon as that happened, that's when the healing started. And I went through a two year process of journaling, life coaching, functional medicine, acupuncture, Chinese herbs, meditation, yoga, I mean, you name it. I did everything. Mm -hmm. And as I unwound this in me, I kept seeing it in other people. And then I started looking at my patient list and I'm thinking, oh my God, every single one of them is burnt out. This is not like the uncommon part. This is the thing that everybody goes through at some point. Not everybody, of course, because when you're seeing Mm -hmm. an acupuncturist on a regular basis, it's obvious like that you're either taking care of yourself to stay healthy or, you know, you don't feel that great in the Mm -hmm. first place because otherwise you wouldn't be there so but I just started looking around and I was like wow this is rampant and I started to realize when I got into it much deeper that if we don't change this especially as females and especially Mm -hmm. as female entrepreneurs if we don't shift this we don't get that power that we've been fighting for Mm-hmm. Because all the power comes with money. And if we can't build businesses and be successful in them and still maintain our levels of energy, mm-hmm. we're going to lose our businesses, lose that money. We're never going to get the power. And like, it's all connected, right? It's yes. all connected. Mm-hmm. So I can't, I cannot anymore sit idly by and watch people build these amazing businesses that end up feeling like golden cages to them. Mm. So now I help them break free. Which is awesome. Um, <laughs> it sounds so inspiring just hearing you speak to it. I'm so curious. I mean, and this is probably part of, you know, what you tell clients when they're coming to work with you or, you know, however you set up your, you know, patient workload. But if you could give us a little taste of how you coach those people, um, through the burnout process or maybe how do they come to you and and how do you know you can help them um, kind of manage that? Yeah. So for me, the, the questions when I I have an intake form that I use and um, a free consult call, that's 35 minutes long, which is pretty, usually free calls are about 20 minutes. Mine is almost double that because I really need the time to figure out if I'm exactly what you need. 
Mm-hmm. So I use that time to figure out if there's an ability for us, because, all right, let me back up. When you're really burnt out, when you're actually burnt out, when not that you're just like really tired and you need a long vacation, like we need to differentiate the, oh, I'm burnt out. So I went to Aruba and now I'm fine from you're actually burnt out. That means you're not functioning at your highest level and you cannot in current circumstances, in your current body, you cannot function at your highest level because you literally do not have the ability. And you don't have the ability because there are certain brain changes that have happened, literally like parts of your brain, your, the part of your brain that's responsible for executive functioning shrinks. Mm. Like we're talking, mm. ser- like this is serious stuff. This is not, mm-hmm. you know, just being a little tired at, on Friday. Right. Right. Like when I was burnt out, um, I guess when I was in the process of burning out and I was in Prague, I couldn't walk up the hill from the tram to my house. It was four minute walk from the tram to my house and I had to take breaks, multiple, mm-hmm. getting up there because I was so tired and my legs were so heavy that I couldn't make it. This is coming from someone who was a competitive gymnast growing up. Like I've always exercised and I couldn't get up a hill. So we are not, this is not normal fatigue. This is not normal Friday night. I'm sick of work. I'm going to rebound over the weekend. This is never rebounding. Yeah. So we were just talking about the indicators um, that somebody would be burnt out. Um, So you're talking about your personal experience um, and just the difference between being tired versus being completely burnt out. Maybe you can elaborate a little bit on like maybe some indicators, especially now during the pandemic, um, Mm. that somebody might be burnt out. Like what, what might they be feeling like now? Yeah. So I think it's important to go over, you know, what the research says and then what I've noticed in my practice and in my, in my coaching practice and in my acupuncture practice, Mm -hmm. because the research tells us, especially research done by Dr. Christina Maslach, she's the number one burnout researcher since the 80s, 70s, I think, actually. So she has a ton of information on this. And burnout comes down to three factors. The first one is physical and emotional exhaustion, which pretty much could cover almost any symptom that you've <laughs> ever had. Like, right. just think about what that physical and emotional exhaustion. So your emotional bandwidth is down and you're tired. Like, does that mm. just not sound like life? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> yeah. So that's the first one. The next one is cynicism and disconnection. So mm. there's a lot of negative self-talk. There's a lot of um, feeling disconnected from your friends, family, community. That kind of thing is super common. And, and part of the sort of diagnostic, quote unquote, because it's not a medical disorder just yet, but part of the diagnostic criteria. And then the third one is a lack of a feeling of impact or accomplishment. Hmm. So you feel like everything that you're doing is basically worthless. Mm -hmm. So, and it's the combination of those three things at the same time, which is the current sort of definition for what it means to be burnt out. Okay. Interesting. That, That being said, the things that I see most often are neck and shoulder tightness, Mm-hmm. Um, IBS, so you know, bowel bowel disorder, all different types of bowel disorders, not just IBS, but all sorts of bowel disorders, migraines, mm-hmm. strong mm-hmm. feelings of irritation and resentment, mm-hmm. 
especially resentment. That to me is like number one burnout red flag. And it's something that I use with clients every single day, because if we don't, if we're ignoring a massive part of, of what really matters. Mm -hmm. And when the emotional exhaustion part, the thing that people say most is, I just don't feel like myself. I'm reacting in ways that I know are ridiculous and I can't seem to like rein it in. Like I know I'm being crazy, Mm -hmm. but I can't change it. Mm. Yeah. Which I feel like is such a defeating place to be in as well, because, and I mean, this would be an interesting, I'm interested in this just because I, I think we're around so many like high performing Mm-hmm. especially females that are really devoted to their companies or their businesses. Um, so it must be like a very defeating experience for that client to come to you and say, I'm feeling burnt out. Like, is there a process of getting them to kind of admit they're in that stage or when they come to you, they already are clear that something's really going on. Cause I feel like for me personally, someone that's always been really type a and like work driven, I've definitely gone through periods of my life where I have to reevaluate and it's really hard for me to humble it down and say, I'm having a really hard time here because I want to seem strong. I want to seem that I have it all together, um, which is detrimental obviously to myself. But do you think it takes your clients a lot to kind of get to that place of admission with what's going on? So yes, I think it is extremely difficult for people to admit it. Um, I think it's especially difficult for women to admit it because we're so accustomed Mm -hmm. to just taking on all the jobs all the time and dealing with it. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think that um, the reason that it's so rampant is that we're waiting so long to talk about it because it's not talked about enough. So we had a burnout roundtable discussion with one of the networking groups that I'm in in New York City in the beginning of January. And we were asking people, you know, what did it take for you to finally say, oh my God, I need some help with something. And these were the responses. I thought I had a brain tumor. The left side Mm. of my face collapsed and was not working and I didn't know what was wrong with me. I had a cold or a flu every once every two or three weeks for over a year. Wow. Right. We're talking about like severe health difficulties Mm -hmm. that are the things that are like allowing women to finally say, okay, maybe I need some help. Right. It makes sense. I mean, I can imagine that. And especially, I mean, like Hillary was saying before, it's all these um, super productive people. You don't want to even admit that you might be feeling this way because then that also might impact your productivity. Um, And so I'm really curious too, because you seem like a super productive person. And so I'm curious how you can maintain like this level of success and productivity and like you have a podcast and you you wrote a book and you're coaching and you have your acupuncture practice like it sounds like this would be a recipe for burnout in a sense so i'm curious how you can like maintain being able to like really get shit done kind of a thing um and not burning out like yeah. what's the what's the secret formula here? I yeah, guess. That's, an, that's an amazing question. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to what I said before about resentment, about mm-hmm. resentment being like the secret key to burnout in my world. Because I looked at all the areas of my life where I was feeling resentful and I'm still doing this. 
So mm -hmm. like, let's everybody be aware that, yes, I am an expert in burnout by this point. We can easily count those 10,000 hours and check them off. Like I've done, mm -hmm. I've done the digging, I've done the work. That being said, just because I have all this knowledge does not mean that I don't have to be careful because it is my natural tendency to overwork. Mm -hmm. It is my natural flow to go to that place, right? So there's two things that are really necessary for me to keep out of it. One of them is the resentment piece because when you are in a place where you're feeling very resentful, you're often over giving people things that they don't want, need, and they didn't ask you for. Mm -hmm. So you are the typical like helper and you're always the one that people turn to and you're giving away advice before people are even asking for your opinion. And you notice that, you know, you're in a room with six people and you notice that the seventh, you know, the, the fifth person doesn't have a glass of water in front of them and everybody else does. So you go get the water. You're mm -hmm. always doing these extra bits mm -hmm. and then you're pissed about it. Mm -hmm. Because nobody notices and nobody pays attention to it because everybody is so accustomed to you doing it that it just goes, it just, it's just like taken for granted. And you don't speak up about it because you have this internal agreement with yourself that people should appreciate you for what you do. And if they're not appreciating it, you, then you might not be doing enough. So then you do more. <sighs> Wow. Yeah. Right. You should definitely relate up. to that. Yeah. I've been there like my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, you so that water thing, I'm like, shit, that's me yeah. all the time. Yeah. Right. But exactly. Yeah. And that was me for most of my life. And the thing about that, that the thing about this is really tricky is that we consider this to be courteous and kind. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to let go of it in our lives because we feel like if we do, we're going to be mean and selfish. Mm -hmm. Right. Except people pleasing is <laughs> right. Um, right. And what we're not noticing about people pleasing is that it's never about other people. Mm -hmm. And this is also like a really, a really hard thing to wrap your head around because you're taught to be considerate and do these nice things. And you think that you're taking care of people, but what you're doing is disempowering them. You're saying, I don't trust you to have a voice to say, Hey, can I have some water too? I'm going to solve your problems before you even know that you have them because I'm superwoman and then you will love me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then I can guarantee I, your love because I'm taking care of you. Spot on. <laughs> yeah. No. And I think a lot of people need to hear that. So, um, in general, especially myself. So yeah, that was, I'm only life. talking to you. Hillary. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I need to hear it. So. <laughs> no, so but definitely. Is, yeah. Would you say like the people pleasing in itself, like being able to nix that, um, like freeze up your capacity to um, like handle your workload, I guess. Does that kind of make sense? I would say that you said that perfectly mm -hmm. because you have to think about how much energy. I have an online course called Manage Your Own Energy and it exists exactly for this reason. By leaving, by abandoning your own body, energy, needs, wants, desires, and constantly being hyper vigilant about what other people need, want, and desire. Mm -hmm is catastrophic like you're losing everything by just not being present 
in your own body. This comes down to, I've been joking about this a lot lately, but it keeps coming back in like people keep sliding into my DMs being like, oh my God, I do that too, you know? Right. So it's, it's definitely hitting home. Like this comes, this, when you are constantly taking your energy out of your own body and putting it into watching what other people might need or watching what you need, might need to police other people for, right? Mm -hmm. Correcting somebody or, you know, for not crossing the street the right way or not saying thank you when you held the door open or not doing whatever. It goes both ways. When you're doing that, your energy is not in your own body. It's not in your physical body. It's, it's somewhere else, which means that you have no ability to contact and connect with your own wants, needs, and desires, which means that you will easily ignore having to pee while you answer this one more email. <laughs> yep. Right? Mm -hmm. We're talking about the people that burn out are the people that don't know when they have to pee, are the people that have known that they've been thirsty for two hours and did not take the 45 seconds to go get a glass of water. Mm -hmm. These are the practices and the things that will crush us at the end of the day. It's really a lot of these small things. And this is why we focus on the resentment. Because if you know, like every time this person's name pops up in your, in your email box, you all um, automatically are like, oh my God, what does she want this time? That is a sign that you're giving too much to somebody. That is a sign that you have not put a boundary up. That is a sign that you've spent too much time over giving in this relationship and you haven't gotten enough out of it. And it's a, that's, you need to make an adjustment. Mm -hmm. And normally when we get those emails and we feel that resentment, we open them right away to sort of quote unquote deal with them mm -hmm. to get it off our plates. Meanwhile, we're thirsty and we- I love that you're focusing on the resentment part of it. So what are like one or two maybe tangible things that somebody listening to this who's feeling burnt out could do? Yeah, so I, I have a lot of people start with, um, with a resentment journal. Mm -hmm. So to just take a week, just one week, and every time you're feeling a little bit of irritation, resentment, you know, you feel like you're being used, you feel underappreciated, any of those things, you make a clear note about what the situation is. You just mm -hmm. make a note of it. You don't go on to a rant about it. You don't have to just make a note about what's happening. Keep track of it for a week. And then when you read through it at the end of the week, you'll notice a few patterns. They will be different for each person, but you'll notice them. You'll notice that the times where you were most irritated, you were not praised for a piece of work that you did, that you thought you should have been praised for, and you didn't speak up about it. You'll notice that the times where you were really resentful, you're doing that thing again. You are fulfilling, this is something that's big, especially in relationships. You're fulfilling some sort of unspoken agreement mm -hmm. that exists that you don't actually agree to, but you, you don't agree to in mind, but you agree to in action. So say for instance, at home, you have always done the laundry. You don't even know how it happened that you always have done the laundry, but you always do. And you mm -hmm. get home from work, and the clothes are in the dryer and you just cannot fold them. And you're so frustrated that you have to do this again. And you're in this sort of mind game, but nobody else is touching the laundry because you've all created together without any sort of discussion. You've created this unspoken agreement that that's your job. Right. Right. So you find when you see, if you see a lot of unspoken agreements, then you need to be vocal about what the agreements 
you th- about what they should really look like. If you see that you're really frustrated because you're not being recognized for your work, you've got to sit down first and recognize your own work, make a list of all the things that my, my coach calls this a hot shit list, mm-hmm. all the things that make you a hot shit. <laughs> I love you that. Know? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so great. I love it too. Right. So if you, when you see the pattern, you can focus on that area. I noticed it took me, I've, I did this on and on and on for a couple of years. And at, when I got into about the second year, like second year and six months, I noticed that I even have resentments and issues and like extra energy input with inanimate objects. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Right. So I am sitting there, I'm slicing a tomato and the knife isn't sharp enough. So I have to take the knife and put the tip into the tomato skin to break it so that the blade will then fit in and I can slice the tomato. But in the meantime, I've squashed the tomato a little bit. There's tomato juice all over my cutting board that I now have to clean before I cut my next vegetable. (laughs) All because I didn't sharpen a knife. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm mad about it as I cut it. Like, right. (laughs) I told you, yeah, definitely. (laughs) If your eggs are sticking to your pan and it's been three months and every morning you make yourself eggs and you're pissed that you can't easily scoop them off, get a new pan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, why are we? So I realized after I worked through a lot of the ways I do this with people, and please, I still fail at this on on a regular basis. So Mm -hmm. there's no, there there is no guru status here. Mm -hmm. Uh, But once I got through a lot of the things that I do with people, I realized that I'm so accustomed to like struggling and working hard that I don't make things easy for, I don't look for ways to make things easy for myself on purpose. Mm -hmm. So once we go through that process with a client, we can start to pick apart which things that, that could be adjusted that will make the biggest impact. And by biggest impact, I mean just what you said earlier, Rachel, give her back enough energy so that she can be productive and active the way she wants to be. Right. That makes so much sense. And I'm really fascinated about this focus on females too, um, because you know, of course, I'm sure burnout is something that can affect everybody. Um, but I can so 100% see so many of the things that you're saying. I'm like, yes, this is like such a, a, a thing that a woman would go through. Like, you know, yeah. just dealing with these unspoken rules or taking care of everybody and doing these things that just because you're quote unquote supposed to kind of a thing and right. falling into that. So, it, you know, it's really fascinating, something I hadn't really... Um, put much thought into, but maybe you can speak a little bit to how this predominant, whether or not it predominantly affects females and what that looks like. Well, there's um, a book called Patriarchy Stress Disorder by Dr. Valerie Ryan. Mm -hmm. And I have an interview with her coming out on the podcast in, I think, I think two weeks, not this coming week, the week after. Awesome. It's, it's wonderful. Like, it's wonderful. And it goes into all of these sort of, we didn't say the, in these words, but mm-hmm. all of these unspoken societal agreements for what women should be. Mm-hmm. And when she goes through the book, her book is focused on women, but she's also saying that this patriarchal system that we're in is detrimental to men just as much because the unspoken agreement is that the man is going to bring home the money. Mm-hmm. and take care of the family financially and provide, right? They have their own set of unspoken agreements 
that are also difficult and heavy. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is something that I think is really important. I, I am, I do see burnout happening in females more, but I'm not sure if it's only because the conversation is opening and there is now space for us to talk about it. Sure. And we have not created that level of vulnerability for our men yet. Absolutely. Mm. Right. And I think that that could be very true because when I see things on LinkedIn, there are men that are starting to talk about it, but you know, they're not allowed to burn out because who's going to pay for those private schools is, yeah. the th you know, is the thinking is there. Right. And that's the same. And people say, Oh, it's bullshit. You know, the woman could pay too. Yes. We all believe in that. And yes, we all know that. And yes, we still take responsibility for the fucking laundry. Excuse me. Right. <laughs> no, you can swear yeah. here, but that, right. I mean, that goes so, back to like you're saying the unspoken agreements though. Right. So be, of course we can both contribute, but no one's talking about that. And it's no just one's assumed talking roles. About it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. And we're, we're often assuming roles for people that, that we, we're assuming roles for people that, that we assume that they want us to take. Mm -hmm. We're not assuming the roles that we're like, Oh, I like this role. I'll do this. Right. Right. We're trying to please, please yes. the other party. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> or ourselves, yes. like you were saying earlier, yeah. being superwoman, getting the water glasses for everybody that didn't right. ask for it. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, sit down. And you're like, no, no, I got it. Like we all have that friend yeah. that never sits down at her own house. And everybody's <laughs> like, we would really <laughs> much rather you sit with us uh -huh. than wash that plate right now. Mm-hmm. For sure. I'm the one that washed it. Like I, I'll cook a Thanksgiving dinner for 23 people and not sit down at the table. Like what? Yep. That's so my mom too. Like I, every party we've ever had in my, and it, it's trickled down to me as well. And I, I'm trying to notice that more and more because what's valuable in life at that moment? Is it having that conversation face to face with your friend or, or washing the dinner plate? It's, it's in the moment being with your company, but we can't see that very clearly when we're, I think it is having that conversation face to face mm -hmm. with your friends, you know, but yep. mm -hmm. when we're going through that, we're going through it and thinking, you know, well, no, maybe not. We I'll I'll use I statements. I'm going to be mm -hmm. a yeah. proper coach. I'm going to say I statements. <laughs> um, you know, I would cook that dinner and what I wanted was people to leave and talk to me for the next three to six months about how great that dinner was. Right. I was looking for the praise. I wasn't looking for the connection. hundred percent. Mm -hmm. and how awesome your home is and put together and right. how you know your whole image is right yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. exactly it depends really once care i knew about. yeah that i was when i did my resentment lists i realized that you know if you do the, the go through the five love languages mm -hmm. um book um what my love language one of my love languages is words of words of praise mm -hmm. i like to hear those things and so I had to be more clear to the people in my life that that's what I need in order to understand that I'm loved and appreciated. Mm -hmm. But because I never told them that before, and I was always doing all the things all the time, they didn't really see any need. They didn't think that I was doing it for, for praise. I didn't think I was doing it for praise. Right. And so neither did they. And so I didn't, I didn't get it. I wasn't getting mm. it. And I was like, but look at, why isn't anybody noticing all the things that I'm doing? <laughs> yeah. Right. Interesting. It sounds like so much of this comes from um, really getting in touch with your feelings and like figuring out kind of like almost um, just breaking it down to the basics and determining like, okay, how does this actually make me feel? Why am I actually doing this? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
Exactly. Yeah. Awareness Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and noticing, just pay Mm -hmm. attention so that you Mm -hmm. can figure it out. And I, some of the things there's, um, there is trauma related to the behaviors that create burnout. Okay. All right. That's a big statement. And we could do an entire episode, if not five on that. So we don't need to get into it in a big Uh, like in a big way, but I don't want to dismiss the fact that some of these behaviors we're not going to understand on a logical level. Like, why do I do that? It's the Mm -hmm. the examples that I'm giving here are the logical ones because that's what people will understand and feel in their own bodies. But sometimes we don't know exactly why we're doing or being or acting in a certain way. And so part of doing this discovery is allowing yourself the space to say, I don't understand why I do that and I don't necessarily need to, but I would like to change it. And understanding that changing it is like the same thing as quitting smoking. It's Mm -hmm. like a constant effort that you will have to practice day by day by day by day because you are likely acting from a brain groove that got created when you were four that you have been repeating for the last 40 years years. Mm -hmm. It's not just going to disappear because you decided to work on your mindset. Mm -hmm. Right. There's like, so I have a little bit of a point of contention with the life coaching world and the positive thinking world in general, because I'm afraid that sometimes when people don't make progress, they think it's because they're not trying hard enough Mm -hmm. instead of realizing that there's actual things happening in their brain that's preventing them from making the progress that they think should be accessible to them. Totally. Right. Like being more grateful. Yeah. <laughs> like, some, like, F all. Mm-hmm. But, like gratefulness practices, gratitude practices work. Yes. When your prefrontal cortex in your brain is totally active, when your left and right hemispheres are connected and communicating properly, when your brain stem is not being stimulated by stress, all of those things combined means that you can do a gratitude practice and feel like a superstar afterwards. Mm-hmm. But if you've been doing gratitude practices and not feeling like a superstar afterwards, it's not because you're doing them wrong. Mm, right. There's something you are else. Not primed to be able to receive that yet. We have work to do before gratitude will work for you. Mm. I love that. that. Yeah. Finding the root, right? Of what's going on. Um, which I think a lot of us want the quick fix too, which I see in that community often too. It's like, just give me what I can do now and you know, don't have to dig deeper. But a lot of that big transformational work is I think when you dig deep and figure out what it is that's causing that block um, or trying to at least in moving forward. Yeah. Right. And yeah. even just like, I don't know, I can definitely feel like people might be relating to that, especially now, just considering like, I don't know, I go through a roller coaster of emotions every day with all that's mm-hmm. happening with the pandemic, yeah. and I'm kind of like, I should be grateful, like we were talking about earlier, yeah. I should be grateful that I don't have kids to take care of, I should be grateful that, you know, I am able to work from home, but that doesn't mean that this stuff isn't still hard to deal yeah, with. How about we create some space and allow you to have the emotional reaction that you're having in your life because it's appropriate for your life? Right. Right. <laughs> You're not worrying about everyone else. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. I love that. I feel like we could have 
hours and upon hours <laughs> long of conversation with you. And I don't want to monopolize your time here, but mm-hmm. one thing I did really want to hear about just like briefly, if you can give the audience a taste, you mentioned your book coming out. And I think, um, obviously you're, you're mentioning some really important topics here that I think a lot of people, especially that listen to our podcast can relate to. So do you want to speak to, um, your book that's coming out, the bounce back ability factor, which is an awesome name. Um, and maybe what people can expect to see from that and when they can expect to see it so they can get their hands on it. Yeah. It's going to be so fun. I just have a book cover design today and I almost Ah, cried. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Like a baby. (laughs) Yeah. I spent like two hours editing this morning. I'm going through all the comments from my editor and it's just like a torturous process, but she's lovely (laughs) and amazing and I'm so lucky to have her, but it's just, it's a torturous process. Yeah. And so I'm going through all these comments and I got really tired of it. And then I got an email from the book designer and I just looked at it and I was like, oh my God, she's real. Uh, that is so so, exciting so the bounce back ability factor to me bounce back ability is a combination of four things it's resilience trust grit and surrender right so i learned big time growing up south of boston like i learned the resilience and the grit part like real early on (laughs) yeah (laughs) for sure (laughs) yeah like got it i'm good Mm -hmm. um the trust and the surrender took me quite a bit longer slash still struggling you know Mm -hmm. if we're going to be realistic and to me the reason that we're burning out is because we're not using these four things as like team players we're focusing on one or two of them at a time and we're either falling into this positive thinking camp where we're just surrendering all to the universe and and thinking that unicorns and rainbows are going to come save us and bring us away. (laughs) Or we're thinking that if we hustle, 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 and push our way through everything that will end up successful. And the, the truth is somewhere as, as per usual is somewhere in the middle, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? So the book is about that. And it's also, it takes you through the seven main reasons why we burn out. So we talk about, a lot of the stuff we talked about on the podcast today, but in much, and then seven exercises to unravel it, why it's worth it, you know, what it means, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I can't wait to read it because yeah. there are so many questions I, I still have um, that I know will be answered in the book. So <laughs> I, I fingers crossed that if yeah. my editor has anything to do with it, all the questions will be answered. That's amazing. I'm sure it will be absolutely perfect, but that's such an accomplishment as well. So congrats to you on Thank that you. journey and, and we can't wait to read it. Thank you so much. It's been so lovely talking to you both. Of course. We have one last really quick section um, called rapid fire, rapid fire. Oh, I love rapid fire. We can just bang them right out um, before we wrap up if you have a few more minutes, but I'll let Ray kick them off here. Yeah. So we always start off with who is one woman who has inspired you? Uh, Martha Beck. Awesome. Okay. Life coach. Very neat. Um, Guilty pleasure. What's your guilty pleasure? Hmm. My initial thought was ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) I love love it. it. What flavor? Anything with raw dough. Yum. Brownie batter, cookie dough, any of those. Delicious. Um, I just tried the Ben and Jerry's Netflix and chill flavor and... Mm. 10 out of 10. You will love it. All the batter. So I get on that. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is one goal you're working on? Right now I am working very clearly on increasing my um, podcast reach actually. 
Awesome. Hopefully we can send some people your way. Yeah, yes, awesome. for sure. Um, what, what color are you and why? Pink. Love it. Because bright. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, and what is your favorite thing about yourself? Hmm. Always the hardest question. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing about myself is my ability to laugh. Mm, love that. Perfect. And you have a great laugh. So Thanks. share it. Share it away. But yeah. yeah, we're so grateful to have this time talking to you during this crazy socially distanced time. Hopefully when things go back to normal, we can find you somewhere in New York um, or New Jersey, wherever you are. But for now, why don't you go ahead and plug your social channels or you know your website, anything, et cetera, where people can find you so we can send them over. For your also, way. The total, the best place to find me and the way that I connect with everybody and to everything else is on Instagram. I love Instagram. It's mm-hmm. the most fun for me. So you can find me there at Kate underscore Donovan as easy as can be. And if you type in Kate Donovan Perfect. burnout coach, I'll come up that way too. So you don't even have to think about what my handle is. And then from there we can do all the connections possible. Amazing. And we'll be sure to link you when we, we post about the podcast so they can find you. That's awesome. Yes, definitely worth a listen, everybody. I just recently listened to the, um, oh, you just, not this most recent episode, but it was the doctor you spoke with. Her name was Caitlin as well. I'm blanking on her last name. Um, But I thought it was excellent. So I think our listeners would really find a lot of value um, in listening to Fried as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Caitlin Gordon. Mm. Yes, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and great. Yeah. So, and just to clarify, your podcast is named fried. Um, yes. so people can fried head that way podcast. Cause if they just type up fried, it ends up being some like something about like Southern cooking. Okay. Beautiful. So fried, <laughs> fried the burnout Which is podcast. fun too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fried yeah. yeah. Burnout mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, you can hear those, um, over, I think anywhere you listen to podcasts, anywhere, I searched. Yeah. yeah and it looks mm-hmm. like you're widely available. So yes. that's perfect. Um, thank you again so much for coming on the pod and thank you everyone for listening. You can find us at fempirepod.com, fempirepod on Instagram and Twitter, and you can always email us at fempirepod at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, it. review, and subscribe. It makes all the difference for us. And thanks again. See you in two weeks.